Yo, welcome, welcome. This is the Matter Podcast, and this is a very special episode. Um, this is actually our last episode of the season. Um, we're going to take the next few weeks off just kind of reevaluating everything um, and trying to get the best content and try to hopefully get, get y'all um, an opinion on the show and how to make it even better for y'all. So we're just going to jump into this one. Um, they met a podcast, spotlight certain sports figures and sports moments, and discuss their importance both historically and how they play it in our current social space. I am Peter, and I'm your host. And without any further ado, let's get to it. Our future athlete for today was born in Newport News, Virginia, um, second of four children. He is... He was picked 30th in the 2000 um, MLB draft, even though he ended up playing football. He ran for 400 yards in a single game during his freshman year of high school. He played 13 seasons in the NFL. He has the most career rushing yard in by a quarterback in a season. Today we are going to be talking about the amazing, the electrifying Michael Vick. Let's go. Michael Vick was born in 1980, so here's 30 seconds of history from 1980. Um, on January 20th, Pittsburgh Steelers become the first NFL franchise to win four Super Bowls, um, defeating the Los Angeles Rams. June 1, the cable news network, also known as CNN, officially launches. July 16, former California governor and actor Ronald Reagan is nominated for the U.S. president at the Republican National Convention in Detroit, Michigan. Um, influenced by a, right, a religious right-wing group, the convention also drops its long-standing support for e- equal rights amendment, dismaying modern Republicans. So I want to talk real quick about this one. So the equal rights amendment essentially was a proposed amendment in which it would guarantee that both men and women would be equals, right? And so there wouldn't be much of a difference between the two. And... On the surface, it sounds like a very simple thing that everyone should support, but um, overall, there was a, a bunch of conservative groups and even some feminist groups who came on opposed to the law, essentially saying that there were some um, positive aspect of being a woman, right, in terms of the legal legality of it. Like, in most um, custody cases, more more times than not, like um, the women usually end up with the kids, or in terms of being um, drafted for like this a war, like women weren't drafted for the war, um, and so there was like some positive things and um, some conservative groups and then some feminists um, were arguing that that they just rather not lose those. So, and that was your extended thirty seconds of history. As mentioned, Michael Vick's story starts up in Newport News, Virginia. He grows up in a housing project, essentially, where everyone around them essentially were financially depressed, or um, and it was an underserved community, and so there wasn't really much happening. There was a lot of violence happening within their community. And Vick essentially started realizing that 
you know, he was good at sports. Um, his dad or his stepdad ends up teaching him a little bit of football early on. And then later he kind of then teaches his younger brother. And so you see the you see this grow when he gets into high school and he joins the high school team. And so he comes on as a freshman on the high school team. And in one particular game, as I mentioned, he throws for over 400 yards, which is insane, right? Like, and then in, he also scores six touchdowns rushing and then three more um, throwing it. Like, it's just the video game numbers. And, I mean, I've played many, many Madden games, and those are things that you're actually aiming for. And he was doing this in real life. And so people really seized the potential in him. And eventually, he graduates high school and decides between Syracuse or Virginia Tech and decides to choose Virginia Tech because it was still closer to home. And so that's where he, he goes into Virginia Tech. He redshirts his first year, and then he starts the following year, right? And so in his first game back, he throws three rushing touchdowns, or he runs for three rushing touchdowns in, little, in a little less, a little over a quarter, which, again, video game numbers. And then he later leads the team into the national championship game. They lost, but obviously he was up there in the national spotlight. Um, fast forward, he plays in the next season, and then after that season, he, knowing that what he has back home in terms of supporting his family, he decides to go ahead and just go into the draft. And so he gets drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in 2001 as the number one overall pick, becoming the first African-American picked as a quarterback with the number one pick. You know, later we would have, like, the Cam Newtons, Atlanta's native, um, and uh, I believe that's it currently. But so he becomes that guy, right? And then he ends up having a ridiculous career um, playing 13 seasons um, with the hiccup with, you know, when he got caught up with that whole dog fighting ring thing, he ends up serving 21 months in prison, and then he gets back, he got he gets cut by the Atlanta Falcons, he gets signed on by the Eagles, he plays five seasons with the Eagles, um, his first season back actually being one of the best statistical um, his season of his career. And then after that, he plays a season with the Jets and then a season with the Steelers, and now he is a coach in the American Alliance Football League. I believe that's what it's called um, with the Atlanta Legends. And that is Michael Vick. So I honestly don't know how the rest of the country, like how they relate to Michael Vick or how they view Michael Vick. But as someone who grew up in Atlanta here and obviously am a huge Falcons fan, there was something about Michael Vick that was just electrifying, not just on the football field, but just in terms of what he represented as an athlete, right? So currently, he is a very controversial figure. There are people that would never, ever, ever forgive him for what he did with, with the the dog ring situation, right? So this is someone who was a major figure in Atlanta, 
um, had all the money that you could ever want, and there was really nothing else that that would lead you into that kind of life. But then, you know, they discovered that he has this whole thing with the fighting ring, with the dog fighting ring, and so that's how he ends up in prison. And so there's a good, good portion of Atlantan folks that would never forgive him, and there's a good portion of the world that will never forgive him. And that's completely fair, right? But um, I want to talk about the other half real quick. So, as I mentioned, he grew up in this housing project in Newport News, um, Virginia. And in relation to the Falcons and just like how he fits into Atlanta culture, there's just a lot of things I feel like made Michael Vick made for Atlanta, right? Because for the everyday fan who you know, who doesn't really know that much about the history of Atlanta or where where the stadium is. So what was then the Georgia Dome? It's right over there on the north side. It, right um on the west side of Midtown. And one thing that you kind of forget but when you go into the Georgia Dome, which is now the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, is that when you go across the street, like literally across the street, that is one of the most underserved communities all in, in all of Georgia. Like there are so many people that just need food. There are so many people that like are like going around just begging, right? Right, literally right across the street. And so when you re- relate this back to Michael Vick, who comes from this community in um, Newport News, like, he's someone who who grew up in poverty. He's someone who grew up, like, sharing rooms with siblings and with other grown folks. And so coming into a community and being able to see that, like, I think there was a part of him that kind of just felt at home. And so in terms of just, like, the internal Michael Vick, he came here as a lioness popping in terms of nightlife and whatnot, and then you see the surrounding areas where he plays, and it it looks familiar, right? And so this is kind of just kind of becomes who Michael Vick is, and and how he just starts really relating to who the city is and who the fan bases are. Because another thing that you you would kind of forget when you're watching Atlanta Falcons is like. Like, there's a lot of people of color at the stadium. There's a lot of people of color around the stadium. There's a lot of people people of color in the city of Atlanta itself, right? And so it's like the first black quarterback drafted as the number one pick overall. Like, there was no other place that's better for you to be than the city of Atlanta. And so that was just a perfect marriage on its own. And then you combine that with the fact that when you get Michael Vick on the field, Yo, he was a show of his own, right? And I'm not necessarily saying, like, win or loss. He was exciting to watch. And so y'all could be losing by 20 points, but when he has the ball in his hand, there was just something in the air that was about to pop. And so it was, like, amazing to see that. And that really united the city for the first time. Like, for most people who are from Georgia or from Atlanta... We're not really prone to a lot of wins, right? I think the the closest um the only win that we really had up to that point was like um the early nineties with, with the Braves, and that's cool and all, but 
two Americas. Like, baseball isn't really the same in that aspect with people of color. It's just, it's not. And so with football, you have this dude, you have this this city, which is, you know, pretty much like the biggest city in the Southeast. Like, this was it for us. And so he was that face. And in terms of bringing all, all people of color together, he did that, which is a, a lead up to the fact that to a lot of folks who fits within that role, Michael Vick will always be their quarterback. They're willing to forgive a lot of things because he represented something different for them, right? And that's where really Michael Vick, in, in the hearts of a lot of Atlanta folks, despite what we know about him, he will always be that guy for us. There was also a huge surge of support for Michael Vick, right? Post dog fighting ring situation and post prison. And that was mostly because I want to say this without really being too controversial. But essentially, when we're talking about people of color, right? Specifically, like in major cities or um, just in underserved communities, you see a lot of unfairness happened within your community. Like, within, um, you know, now we have from um, social media, more more people are able to see the injustices that happen to people of color. But as a person of color who've grown up like that, you see that constantly. You see abuse of power constantly, right? And so when the Michael Vick situation come up, right or wrong, I was like with the side of wrong, but there are a lot of folks that looks at this dog fighting ring situation and say, and, right? N- n- again, not to say that is right that that happened, but more so is this like seeing how other h- human are treated within our society, seeing how their their cousins, their brothers, their their friends, like they're just kind of are stepped on all the time by the system, by the police, by everyone else, right? And seeing how they get hard freedom enough to try to afford food and whatnot, like they don't really view animal abuse in that same way. And so when the system comes so hard on Michael Vick for this, when so many other folks are getting away with so much. And a good example is like literally look at about, look at it now. Like you could get in trouble for like let's say some something with your tax. Whereas our current commander in chief has been accused of so many different things. Like like he's paying off porn stars, he's doing um he's cussing on TV. He's do, like he's just breaking all sorts of laws. And he just keeps getting away with it, right? And so as a person of color, when you see that that happening to one sector of group, and then you see this guy who does something which is bad, but, but like the hammer of justice comes at him, then there is a lot of sympathy that goes with that. And I feel like there's a lot of Atlanta folks that saw that and saw, 
and saw an unjust system that we already have and was just like, no, 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 he's our dude. Like, he's he's ours, right? And got protect, protective. And that's something that I don't think Matt Ryan could ever be able to have with Atlanta people. And for those of you guys that don't know, Matt Ryan is the Atlanta Falcons quarterback currently. But he's just not going to have that same sway with those folks because it's just different. And they they see something as like a personal injustice because they've seen their kind suffer much, much worse, whereas individuals got away with so much less. When it comes to me on a personal level, I am a little in a split, right? I'm a little split within this because obviously as someone that owns a dog and has three cats, like I completely am against animal abuse of any kind and any grown person should know that that's not an okay thing to do, right? But you look at that, but then there is an aspect of who he was in that moment when he was with us and when he was just being the face of the city, essentially, and representing what the city meant to me. Like, that was, that's hard to disconnect from um, who, like who he represent altogether and, and trying to separate that from the dogfighting situation. And ultimately, I I don't know how I feel about, let's say, a two-year um, prison sentence for something like that, and then you lose everything in your life. Because ultimately, when he gets gets back from prison, the Falcons released him, and if I don't know if it wasn't for the fact that. Andy Reid, who really believed in Michael Vick and who really just wanted a redemption story for Michael Vick, I don't know if he would have gotten another chance. And ultimately, I feel like that's how we become disruptive with people's lives. Is that when when a situation happens, there's not a lot of opportunities for, for, for them to get support. And it's usually just shun him, do this, right? But when it comes to Michael Vick, like, he, you know, he had a whole support system that he he was supporting in terms of financial uh, money. And so when you look back to into his life and coming out of the projects, literally, and being able to buy his mom a house and buy her a car, and then... You go, you go to prison for two years, that money dries up real quick when, you, when you're when you supporting so many people. And so coming out of prison, it's a great thing that he still had the skills and had support system within the NFL and that he was, he was able to get another job. Because otherwise, like, we don't know what's going to happen. There was a story, like, right after he got out of prison where they were literally saying he was going bankrupt. And that that, that happens. Because the money is not unlimited. And so, as much as I would shun him for, you know, fighting dogs and whatnot, 
there is a part of me that's cannot forget what how he represented Atlanta, and there's another part of me that doesn't forget that he's a human being after all, and that ultimately what we want from a society is a society that which we get second chances and a society in which we forgive. But when we talk about how he he represents Atlanta, that's a good portion of Atlanta folks that will never ever accept anyone else as quarterback other than Michael Vick. Like I think Matt Ryan could go and win us two Super Bowls and folks will still roll up at the Mercedes Dome right now, or Mercedes Stadium right now in a Michael Vick uniform. Because we still do it right now and the man hasn't played for us since I believe 08 or something. It's been, it was a long time ago. It was over 10 years ago, and folks are still rocking his jersey at the stadium right now. And that is Michael Vick, and that is why he matters. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so, so much for giving us a listen, and for those that support all of our episodes, thank you for following us. Um... I usually try to do this twice a week, but as I mentioned earlier, we are going to take a quick break, maybe for about a month, to just kind of look back over our content, see what we could do better, and repackage this for y'all so that we have the best um, experience um, as a podcast. If you have any kind of comments or feedback, please reach out to us. Um, We're more than happy to hear from you guys. But um, all right, I'll I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.